What's happening, friends? I hope you are well, and uh, it's nice for me to finally be back in the UK after a lot of travelling. New York nearly finished me off last weekend, but I've uh, just about recovered. On to this week's episode, I'm sitting down with Carrie and Jonathan from Inside Tracker HQ. Now, you may remember last week that both me and Professor David Sinclair spoke about blood work being done by the guys at Inside Tracker. So I thought it was timely to release the episode I recorded with two of their execs who understand what athletes and professionals need, even if we don't know it ourselves. So yeah, today expect to learn what the largest database of healthy people in the world uh, is identifying with regards to trends in people's diets, their exercise, what their blood work levels are suggesting, Carrie and Jonathan's predictions moving forward for the future of this analytical wellness movement, and a whole host of other interesting things. Also, if you are interested in getting your blood work done from Inside Tracker, just head to insidetracker.com and they'll do the rest. Please welcome Carrie and Jonathan. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm joined by Jonathan and Carrie from Inside Tracker. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having us. Good. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, it's awesome. So, um, can you explain to the listeners at home who you guys are and what Inside Tracker is and what it does? Sure. Um, so, we work for Inside Tracker. I handle mostly the CrossFit division, and Jonathan handles endurance, but we also um, are helping people out with their overall health or healthy aging. Um, and what Inside Tracker really does is we look at uh, biomarkers in your blood that are scientifically tied to performance, overall health, and longevity. And we create personalized recommendations for foods, supplements, and lifestyle changes um, to help you get those biomarkers into optimized zones if they're not already in there. Yeah, it's a serious, uh, a serious subject, isn't it? I've just come straight from Mr. David Sinclair's office at the uh, Harvard Medical School and it seems like longevity and um, this more analytical assessment. I mean, I'm wearing a whoop band, right? Like I've got always on heart rate tracking. I've, is it a trend that you can see at the moment with fitness that people are starting to take this sort of stuff more seriously? Definitely. And they're starting to care. So I've been at the company for four and a half years now. And when I started, it was all about, um, you know, we, we needed to help explain why this is something you should care about. And now it's at a point where everybody knows what it is. We have to show that we're better and that our, our platform is more advanced, more analytical, and, and more personalized than, than anything else out there. So the dream's already been sold. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think that's the case? Why are people more bothered now? Are they just looking for marginal gains or is it the just natural movement along with as the technology sort of continues? What do you think? It yeah, is? I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's more coming out about how you can improve longevity what you can do to be better about yourself. Uh, there's a large group of people that are either getting older or they're seeing their parents get older, probably more likely, at least here in the States with, with baby boomers. And so, and so people are, are questioning their own longevity and, and looking at, like, what can I do so that I don't get like that? Or what can I do so that I can be with my kids or, you know, something like that? 
um, as as they get older, and and so people are looking for a way to uh, make that actionable. So I went through the process, as the viewers will be seeing throughout this episode. I went to Quest Diagnostics in Redlands in California, mm-hmm. uh, and out the other side of that, I, uh, I got my bloods drawn. Uh, they got sent off to your lab, and then within a few days, I had a bunch of data that I waited for you to uh, interpret mm-hmm. on, on my behalf because I didn't I didn't quite understand what everything was. Um, but it, it does seem mad to me that out of a... It was quite a lot of blood. It was like 10 vials. Well, not that much. <laughs> no, maybe like six. Yeah. Felt like 10. Felt like, felt like <laughs> pints. Like, <laughs> felt like pints and pints, but it wasn't. Um, it is. It seems so mad that you guys are able to um, decipher so much about my diet, my training, my lifestyle, my cortisol levels, my free testosterone, just from a couple of vials of blood that I had drawn on the opposite side of the country like a week ago. It's a mad mad concept it's mad but if you think about it people are looking for guidance and what's the most reliable source of data it's not how are you feeling today it's not um you know it's it's not these these i I have a garment and it tracks my sleep quality and some nights it says i sleep for three hours and some nights it says i'm i'm in bed at seven o'clock but i'm i'm not um and and people are looking for analytics and people are familiar with you know, going to your doctor to get glucose and cholesterol, but it stops there. And there's so much more beyond just, are you sick today? Or are you, you know, coming from the performance side of things, who cares who how you compare to 300 million Americans or, or a human in general? It's, it's all about how do you compare to yourself for someone that's training like you're training, for someone that's eating like you're eating, and then, you know, you might be you might need to be here you might need to be here and you're currently here and so it's that you know one percent five percent ten percent whatever it is mm-hmm. that there's there's benefit to to getting there you are totally right that it seems so primitive now when i think about the fact that all of us are training in some form especially if it's for performance right you are looking to dial in marginal gains if you read uh, ben bergeron's book chasing excellence at the bottom, he's got character, and then above that, he's got process, which is right. making the most of minutes. Right. That is, in its very essence, the highest resolution, highest fidelity look at marginal gains that right. you can. And it does seem super like prehistoric to not be tracking sleep quality with right. something better than, oh, I think I went to bed at 10 o'clock last right. night. And the same thing, it would appear now with guys like yourself is being rolled forward for blood work. I was talking to David, and uh, he said he's got all of his data with you guys since, like, 2011. Yeah. Yeah, that's the... Which is intense. Yeah, it's a cool um, part of our platform is that you can, no matter when you do Inside Tracker, you can upload past uh, blood test results and kind of put in a little ping of what you were doing at that time in your life. Um, so you can notice trends in, oh, my, you know, glucose was here at this time of my life. This is what I was doing. Fast forward six months. This is the next time I tested. Here's where it was. And, oh, I was doing that. So you can find trends, um, you know, in the changes that you've made to, to find out, you know, what can really affect your glucose and, and how to get that marker to move. So... Can you talk to the listeners about some of the athletes that you guys have worked with? Yeah, I mean, we work with, 
I mean, all types of athletes from CrossFitters like myself who are just, you know, going to stay healthy to the top tier CrossFit athletes that are going to the games. Um, are there any household names that people might know? Yeah, we've tested. Um, Katrin uh, is a big supporter of ours, Katrin David's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works with Ben Bergeron, who's talked about Inside Tracker before. Um, Cole Sager, uh, Scott Panchik, who's going to the games for the ninth time. Now, um, we've worked with uh, Tia. We've worked with all of the CrossFit Mayhem team um, recently. So a lot of household names that you yes. probably know, Rich Froning. Um, yeah, they've done Inside Tracker and have found, you know, a lot of value in it. So, What do you find when you look at these athletes? Is the Obviously, we don't need to go into specific details and find out that Katrin's actually got slightly high blood glucose. <laughs> um, we, but- we see a lot of um, trends with, with especially high-level CrossFit athletes where their CK is usually a little bit higher, which what's, just means it's just a um, creatine kinase, which is a marker of overtraining. Mm-hmm. So you would expect to see, you know, um, that marker be a little bit high based on how often they're training, how many hours they're putting in per day. Um, we also have seen glucose in CrossFitters be a little bit uh, on the higher end, which is something that you noticed in your yes um and it's just because um for whatever reason they're not eating enough soluble fiber which is exactly what i think you were told this morning on your consult yeah so i i had uh yourself and one of your colleagues run me through my results earlier on today um i i honestly thought that i wouldn't be um i would be further out than i was Mm -hmm. um i was expecting after a decade and a half of club promotion and undersleeping and some periods of pretty significant overtraining as well. I was expecting my inner age to come back at like 45 mm-hmm. and for the just to be like every sound and f- alarm going off inside of Inside Tracker, like the the air raid yeah. siren goes off and then the red Somebody light Somebody pick up. up this guy, make sure yeah. he's not dead. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but it turns out that it wasn't that bad and that um, glucose was a little bit out, free testosterone was low, which yeah. I'm going to guess is typical yeah. of people who train a lot mm-hmm. um, and yeah have some more soluble fiber and, and uh, stop taking a multivitamin mm-hmm. and then see where you're at in three months um, what uh, what do you see with endurance athletes then? so for endurance athletes it's different it's more micronutrient related we see 50% of our female population having low ferritin so the storage form of iron yep so that's 50% of women under the age of 50 that are doing Inside Tracker. So this is someone that is proactive about their health and thinking about these types of things. So I would extrapolate to say that the general population of runners is probably a little bit higher than that. So we we can say, you know, there's a pretty high chance that by doing this and, and knowing your numbers, you'll improve your energy. Yes. Um, low testosterone is also a, a common trend. Um, what else? We see the liver enzymes elevated. We see the creatine kinase elevated. So all of these indicators of of overtraining or or not resting enough, because like CrossFit running is addictive, and you want to do more of it. And these athletes are allergic to rest, and <laughs> and so you know it's like oh, when was your last? Like even just trying to schedule the test. Oh, it's best done after a rest day or an easy day. Well, I don't have those. Yeah. It's like, okay, you don't have to do Inside Tracker to know that like you should probably have a few of those in your in your program. So for a lot of people, fundamentally, it's a shift of, okay, here's some data that says you're worked. 
maybe maybe we back off a little bit on the on the volume perspective. Um, and then the other big one is uh, uh, caloric needs. So many runners are running a lot, or even if they're not running a lot, they're they're running more than they're eating. So they're not eating enough to to replenish the energy that they're that they're burning. And so that puts you at risk for injury and it puts you at risk for overtraining and burnout and all that stuff that, you know, we want to avoid. So when I did my own consult with our dietitian, she basically said, you're, you're under by 500 calories every day. And that's not on long run days. Um, so it's like, okay, let's find another meal or another like two or three snacks. How does um, under eating manifest in the blood work? So for me, it was a combination of high cortisol, uh, LDL was unoptimized and, um, the free testosterone had been, had, had gone down a little bit given an increase in training. So I, I, you know, test quarterly and I was able to see as my training ramped up, those things all went the wrong way. And so we went through and also the soluble fiber. Um, and so this was January of 2018 and I, I'm doing like 20% more mileage than I've ever done eating more and getting more results. And it, it hadn't been injured, knock on wood, but um, it, it was a no brainer. Like, hey, this is something that's a problem. It's very clearly identified in the blood work and now it's having, you know, action reaction. It's taking a lot of guesswork out, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you remove the, the um, you know, where do I focus? What supplements do I need? I know what I need. Carrie knows what she needs and you know what you need. Mm-hmm. And there's probably some overlap in that. But if if I were to take what Carrie needed or I were to take what you needed, mm-hmm. that wouldn't that's not what we need. So it's it's understanding your personalized supplement routine and yes. something something as simple as that. Or it's, also like what you need to eat. And for I was not told that I was under eating, just FYI, um, <laughs> after I got my consult. But <laughs> If you're doing something where you're using templates or you're macro counting and you um, want to try to meet those numbers, but you want to try to meet them with the right foods, mm. now you have something telling you exactly what your body needs. So that was really helpful for me to know. Um, like for you, what you were told that you needed to eat a lot of beans, it was helpful for me to know. 20 different types of beans. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. it validates my, um, my sushi habit. Okay. Yeah. Because what, what you need fish and and shellfish. Okay, so. and that was keeping you optimal. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I mean, anything that excuses you to eat more sushi or more of what you want. You're yeah, like, sweet. Um, one thing that I thought was super interesting when I was looking at the recommendations, I don't I don't know what I was expecting um, the recommendations to be. I think I maybe thought there would be something crazy complex out the other side of it. Um, but having spoken to uh, one of your colleagues, what I discovered was that between sleep, training, diet, and supplementation, those are the only inputs that we need to be looking at to manipulate everything that's going on with regards to our blood work. Right. I don't know what I thought I was going to expect to see. Like it was, it was some. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. I was expecting. Like just something crazy complex that was totally out of the realms right. of. Oh well, your your iron's out, so you need to do this ridiculous thing. Yeah, but it's not. It's everything's within your control. Yeah. So adoption is it like the whole program is worthless if you can't take the data and make meaning of it. So there, there's a lot of you look at pro sports. There's a lot of of meaningless tracking that's going on. And what well, well, like. 
people are people are tracking GPS, people are tracking sleep, people are tracking power, people are tracking all these things that that pro athletes are having tracked, but it's just sitting in a in a portfolio somewhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I was at the National Strength and Conditioning Association conference a couple of years ago, and and one of the presenters was basically saying. Stop tracking just to tell your boss you're tracking this. <laughs> it's a waste of your athlete's time and it's a waste of your time if you're not doing anything with it. And and so our our goal is to to make everything that we ask of you and everything that we take from you, literally your blood, mm-hmm. meaningful. And so you may have noticed that there were a lot of questions on the registration process. Yes. We don't ask anything that we don't use anywhere. None of it's just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, none of it's for statistical yeah. purposes on our end. Yeah. Everything that we ask on that registration process is used in a recommendation somewhere. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the uh, dietitian that I was speaking to earlier on mentioned was that if she had the choice, she would have uh, actually had like a, a 120 uh, question <laughs> Questionnaire. Apparently, there's 16 major food groups, 16 yep. questions that relate to each of those. Right. But she was like, "I would be looking at breaking it, breaking down your veggies into right. like dark leafy greens and right. colorful veggies and uh, timing and uh, frequency and right. quality and all sorts of stuff." But I guess you guys have to mediate between um, how. Uh, much are we going to get people to actually fill this in? If right. it's 130 yeah, questions yeah. about you, you're going to get zero compliance or right. low, lower compliance. Um, but you need to mediate that with getting sufficient data right. so that you guys can actually make it useful, I suppose. And it needs to be realistic for people to to get recommendations for them and be able to implement them in everyday life, like Jonathan said. Um, so it can't be you know a huge stretch. Like one of our recommendations is to adopt a vegetarian diet for a day. And that's only if you, a day per week, a day per week. And that's only if you eat a small amount of meat. So if it's someone who is telling us they're eating, you know, meat every single day, we're not going to go tell you to be a vegetarian because that's unrealistic for that person. Mm-hmm. So it's making a simple, simple change versus a complete overhaul. Yeah, I, I, I wonder, I wonder how many people at home that are listening are on one of the extreme ends of the spectrum. One where they are um, doing data masturbation, right? Um, and and over tracking yep. everything is down. I've got a couple of buddies who do that with their uh, work pomodoros, um, so they know every twenty five minutes of their day they know exactly what they've done. Yep. Um, and then I'm sure that there will be a lot of people on the other end of the spectrum who are just flying blind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you are right. This this kind of addiction that some of us get into, which I, I've swung in and out of you're called paralysis by analysis absolutely yeah you are right um so for the normal uh everyday person we've spoken about athletes for someone who's just looking to exist through life feeling better Mm -hmm. um is blood work going to identify why they may have particular uh allergies to foods or particular deficiencies that could lead to more um more serious problems down the line? Is it an early warning system for some people? Or are there any other things to do with longevity that you guys really focus on? So the company was started for that first point. It wasn't to help elite athletes, you know, squeeze out an extra 1%. Um, Our founder, Gil Blander, had a death in the family when he was a little kid. And he said, I want to live forever. And so this is his 
project of you know how does how does Gil live longer, live better? Mm-hmm. And he went the route of academia, and he said, you know, I can publish some papers that some scientists will see, or I can start a company and impact you know tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people, mm-hmm. billions of people. Um, and so he he went with option number two, mm-hmm. and or he went with option number one at first, and then you know transitioned over option number two, and. And so the initial mission of the company was, like I said, was not to help elite athletes, but rather help anyone have more energy or better sleep or whatever. Um, Athletes need that performance, whereas most people want to feel better. But the program works the same way for for those two people. It it works. It uses scientific studies to provide recommendations to help achieve goals, specific goals that that are relevant to you. Even if the goal is just to feel more calm or yep. lose some weight exactly or... and then the food sensitivity question is one we get asked a lot um at this time we aren't confident enough in the science and validity behind food sensitivity testing so we don't include it it's incredibly expensive and doesn't provide much utility on our end so instead of you know just trying to make a few more bucks uh providing a service that isn't as good of a quality we just don't do it I think um, definitely based on what I've seen of what you guys have given me as a feedback, remembering that you don't know what I eat typically, the things that were highlighted by deficiencies in my profile seem to tie in very closely right. with what I know that I don't eat. Right. So the Like beans and oatmeal probably. Beans, right? beans and oatmeal. I, man, I just need to <laughs> eat. I do just need to eat more beans apparently. Um, we had an athlete that wrote a, a blog about, you know, beans are... are uh, uh, it was a hilarious title, and I'm, I'm blanking on mm-hmm. on what it was. But yeah. basically, beans are are her end all be all solution. She just wants to have beans all the She's time. Beans all the time. Well, I mean, I don't know. Beans, beans to me are especially if you're British. Like beans are not a very important food group. Mm-hmm. Like beans are what you have with breakfast. Um, but apparently, they're what I need to fix myself. Um, so, remain for elite athletes. Uh, what's the trend suggesting at the moment? Do you think? Um, I mean, I think there's so many ways that obviously you can track different things um, about yourself. Now there's, we can use the DNA plus blood um, that we offer, which if you have your DNA sequenced um, and you also have your blood work done through us, <laughs> we can... I don't to splash myself in the face with that glass of water. <laughs> we can use both of those um, pieces of information to give you an even more detailed look at not only what's going on inside your body right now, but what yeah. your... Um, what you are predisposed to because of um, what your DNA is Particular saying. genetic conditions right. and stuff like that. Uh, David was discussing his uh, Ashkenazi Jew genes that he's got, mm-hmm. and he was just like lambasting them, saying how it means that he's got a predisposition to be fat, and he's... <laughs> Can't he, do dairy. It's, he's, got, he's shite with dairy. He's not very good with, I think, like wheat or something else as well. And, um, yeah, I mean... All of the things, we are the sum of our nature and our nurture, right? And if the nurture and the environment is able to be represented in the blood work that you guys do now and that the nature is able to be represented in your genes, Mm -hmm. you do have a pretty comprehensive picture of exactly what's going on inside of you. I wonder, moving forward, whether or not things like this and and more consistent testing because you guys suggest to test every three months right is that about right sort of like the gold standard yeah Mm -hmm. 
and that's to see do something, get recommendations, make changes, reassess. Right, and so we understand that that's not that's not going to work for everyone with their budget or with you know getting into a lab, whatnot. So we're looking to add in more inputs that are sort of lower friction points. So mm. adding in Fitbit, adding in Garmin, adding in this physiological data so that you can say, okay, my goal is to boost sleep quality. I've improved my magnesium or I've improved my vitamin D and I see that uh, I see a related improvement in sleep quality yes. or my sleep quality is poor. Let's look at diet about, you know, around how can we how can we manipulate diet, knowing what we already know about you mm-hmm. to make a recommendation around improving sleep quality. So the, the goal is and then you know adding things like microbiome or things things as the science continues to support it. Mm-hmm. What are all the inputs that we can just mash into the, you know, inside tracker approach of taking science, distilling it into recommendations and and helping you improve? That's that's the, our process. And the more we can load into the to, into the top here, mm-hmm. the the better and more personalized the recommendations and, and improvements can be. So you guys are working, I'm gonna guess, majority of you on the front end, dealing with athletes, yep. speaking to people and so on and so forth what are the people that are dealing with the back end the science and the data like are they just like fully plugged into the matrix <laughs> like there's just yeah Carrie and I joke that we're the only two people in the entire company without advanced credentials you, and you, it's you literally a couple of letters after your name and then yeah. everyone else has got like it's a true. I only have sentence. a couple of letters in front of my name and that's M- <laughs> <laughs> M- <R and> S. <laughs> but no they are very smart but very personable and awesome people it's a good so. mix of like super cool nerds yeah <laughs> do they is everyone in one form or another into fitness or sort of something? for the most part yeah yeah um so like our our company outings, we went boxing and bowling. You went boxing. Boxing was it nice to? It was so it? intense. It was not <laughs> honestly for a company outing. It was ten million times harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm like still sore from it. <laughs> was it? Um, it was in January. <laughs> was it nice to be able to unleash your uh, your your fury on that receptionist that never that never like passes on your messages? <laughs> they were like heavy bags that we had to. Oh, we there was no spar. Wasn't each other right? Okay. But we, I kept we, checking over to make sure our CEO wasn't like flatlined on the ground. <laughs> he, he made it through it. Oh it was, wow, that is funny. Um, yeah, so uh, do you guys understand or can you explain a little bit about the process of what happens when science comes in? Because it sounds like uh, from the consultation I had earlier and from speaking to you guys here, until you're absolutely dead on that the science is going to back up something, you're not actually going to bother using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the process of, uh, I guess, absorbing the science and then delivering it to the system? Is it... The, the super the super nerds yeah so we have a team of thousands of interns that are t- typing away on the computer you know, yeah. it's you know, a dozen or so yeah um, constantly researching new studies and constantly um, looking looking at things that are um, the biggest priority like for for the endurance athletes is the iron group how do we make the iron recommendations better mm-hmm. or how do we we just added hemoglobin a1c how do we lump glucose with hemoglobin a1c and make recommendations so they're either looking for new studies or they're looking for specific topics and they find something they talk about it in their in their science meeting it's a <laughs> in that super nerd meeting 
And the way it works is it's it's uh, it's an algorithm. So it's a big if then statement. So if yes. this, then that. So there are a whole bunch of rules in the system, mm-hmm. and the rules are written by the scientists. But it can't just be scientist one saying, "Hey, here's something cool. Load it in." Yeah. It's scientist one pro- uh, proposes a rule, yeah. has to be validated by a second person. Mm-hmm. And then it can be added into the platform. So you have like an internal peer review system almost. Yep, of peer-reviewed studies. Yes. Um, so they're, they're super the peer-reviewed. The 80-20 yeah. of the 80-20. Exactly. So we're getting the best of the best from the best. Um, and then there's an algorithm that goes into ranking the recommendations. So we have recommendations from one to five stars that are uh, that – that system is is based on the recency of the study, the type of the study, the number of people it's in the study. It's a degree of certainty to the recommendation, yeah. right? So like the bean thing is is a five-star <laughs> the recommendation. The oatmeal is a five-star recommendation. But yeah. but there are bean thing. <laughs> I'm going to keep drilling this bean it's thing. It's fine, man. You need, they're like 99 cents. It's I know, cheap, too. I know. You are right. Um, so the bean thing is is something we're, we're very confident in. And, yes, and, and, five stars. Yeah. Whereas there are other things that, um, you know, supplement recommendations yeah. that, that might not be as, as strong or, or not. It's still valid and it's still, but there haven't been, you know, 10 studies on, mm-hmm. on garlic for glucose levels or so something like that. Let's say that um, someone who's at home might be feeling like they're just a little bit out. Do you see, we discussed typical trends amongst uh, high-performing athletes is there anything that you think or that you see consistently that you think people should consider doing immediately, even before they consider getting their blood work done? Are there some things someone's like, oh, my energy levels are a little bit low or my mood appears to be a little bit out or my training's a little bit out? Are there some uh, some kind of very common uh, issues that you tend to come up against that you could recommend for people to maybe try do this first, then try do that first? I mean, I would say the easiest one and probably the most important that I can think of is just sleep. A lot of people who come to us, their cortisol is way off, and, and it's because they're not getting enough sleep. Um, so our biggest recommendations are just cut the screen time, shut your phone off a half hour before um, you actually go to sleep so that when you are sleeping, it's eight quality hours and not, you know, off and on, yeah. you're not in a good room. So I would say that that's a big one um, that we do see a lot of and then just something easy that you can implement into your daily life. Everyone's already doing it, right? Um, what else? Is there anything else that you see t- that tends to be um, reflected in terms of diet? Is anyone eating or eating too much of something or not eating enough of stuff? Yeah, so we see 82% of Americans with elevated glucose and the best... 82%? 82%. So... For the majority of people, adding oatmeal into their diet is the best possible thing that they can do. Really? We, For yeah. elevated glucose, oatmeal. Oatmeal. We looked at, we published a paper on uh, the impact of algorithm-based recommendations or the personalized nutrition model that we follow. And we were able to look at uh, recommendations, interventions, and improvement. And so we could see that that some things worked better than others in terms of compliance. Like another one we found was that the only thing that will improve low vitamin low enough vitamin D levels is taking a vitamin D supplement, which right. sounds like it makes sense. But yeah. oh, stand outside for twenty minutes a day didn't do it. Didn't work. Yeah. Eat more fatty fish didn't work. Okay. Eat more mushrooms didn't work. So, um, so yeah, back to the glucose thing. So. 
if you do nothing else, eat more oatmeal. We looked at um, what are some of the best interventions across the board for men based on biomarkers. Mm-hmm. Um, eating nuts on a daily basis is any specific type of nuts. Whatever, whatever you'll you know, whatever you want really. Yeah, almonds, walnuts, etc. Um, that improves glucose, lipids, uh, testosterone, liver enzyme, inflammation. Um, and most of those metrics make up our inner age score as well, uh, with glucose having the highest weight. So if you're looking at one specific food that can address the, the bulk of the metrics that impact male longevity the most, yeah, nuts. 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 I, well, again, it's nuts, right? I can't, it is nuts. I can't, I can't get around. And I don't, again, I don't know what I was expecting to see or hear about training, recovery, or training, sleep, supplements, and diet. I don't know what I was expecting, but. Like fact, train harder. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I thought it was going to be. Like, I had to go and do some, like, I had to up my meditation or yeah. I was going to have to do whatever. Like, it's in there. Yeah, you you probably this. see that for, for cortisol. Uh, cortisol. Interesting. Um, so you guys have got so much data on the back end. And like you say, you're starting to publish papers now. Is there a plan longer term with what you're going to do with the data? Obviously, people have got like privacy and stuff yeah. like that. But in terms of trends and things, the amount of data that you guys are capturing must be pretty powerful. Yeah, we feel it's the largest database of healthy people that exists in the world. and as The largest database of healthy people that exist in the world. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, point blank, that's pretty powerful. Well, I mean, um, and then does we're, that not put a pressure on you guys? Like, it does. Are you, are you, you're, you're now at the, the tip of the spear with regards to making sure that any analysis of this is as optimal as it could be. Right, for sure. And it's a huge opportunity, and it's why the company was created. Um, that's Gil's dream, to have this power to, to impact millions and billions of people. Uh, he looked at me one day. Uh, we were in a meeting talking about, you know, do we go after thousands? Do we focus on millions? And Gil was like, seven billion. That's our number. <laughs> Let's just get everyone. And Yeah. And and he was totally serious. Like his mission is to help every human on the planet. And however we get there, that's how we're going to get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at in the paper we published, we, we have some charts that are able to look at correlations between as this goes this way, this goes this way. Mm-hmm. This data doesn't exist anywhere else because there aren't people doing full, you know, 43 plus biomarker tests on healthy people. Some of these tests are usually run on sick people to address from a medical standpoint, but we're able to see statistically significant changes and make better recommendations from it. Is is that a flaw in human nature or is it a flaw in medicine at the moment that people only seem to look at getting this sort of thing done when there's a problem? Yeah, definitely a flaw in, in... in medicine yeah i mean we we got a every you know once or twice or sometimes three times a year we'll get a customer uh the customer will tell us that they were charged by quest for the blood draw so you walk into quest and hand them your insurance card Mm -hmm. and say here's what i'm testing um you're paying two thousand dollars for our 589 plan and so it's it's unattainable for most people Mm -hmm. outside of uh, inside um, the way that the 
the medical world currently operates. Yes. You either can't get this done or it's outrageously expensive. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons you can't get it done is because it's not the area of expertise for a physician. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to do it. They're, they're not going to do something. It's the, you know, we were talking about before monitoring data and not doing with it, something with it. They're not, they're incentivized to not do that. And they're incentivized to do things that they can help you with. And they, that's not their area of expertise. They're essential in what they do, but they're, you know, go to a dietitian or, or use Insight Tracker or something like that, um, that can help you with the, with the blood work. Yeah. And it's really preventative healthcare instead of just reactionary healthcare. Um, and that's the goal is to have everyone do it. And everyone's had their, you know, blood work done at some point in their life. Yeah. So. But not everyone's got these recommendations, right? Right. So for the majority of people, the the data you get for from your physical is enough to use for a $49 DIY plan and get guidance on glucose and lipids. And so it'll tell you, it'll probably tell you to eat oatmeal and, and beans and nuts. But for the most part, you can't just hear that and, and know. You want something in front of right. you that says this is it's for like me. It's like a personal invitation. I have a friend who, um, she's an elite marathoner. And the way she described it was like, I know that I need to sleep more and I know that I need to eat more and I know that I need to take an iron supplement. But it took seeing it in front of me to see this is Julia's needs to do list um, versus like, yeah, most people should probably do these things. Perfect example of that is I've had a back injury for around about a year now. And only recently did I get an MRI. I've been doing my rehab and I've been kind of moving in and out of different types of rehab movements. But it was only until I saw that I've got two bulging discs, L5-S1, right. and I've got um, a Schmalls node, as it's called, um, for me to actually go, right, stop thinking that you can do a lighter version of what you've been right. doing, quadruple down on your rehab, and let's get this fixed. Right. There's something about seeing it in front of your face. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about nuts, oatmeal, sleep. Is there anything else? Is there anything else that people tend to be lacking in which... Uh, manifests itself in the data that you guys see? I would say um, iron in women. Jonathan already touched on that, the ferritins. Iron in women. Iron. Iron in women, though. In, not, in, not in men um, as much. We see it more in, in women, in women yeah. especially ferritin, which is your is a marker of um, your iron storage in your body. So mm-hmm. Like see that, fatigue and Yeah, we see that stuff. tends to be low. Um, and just like Jonathan said, um, if that happens, then... You know, even getting out of bed can be a large task because you just have no energy. So obviously training's out of the question. So if you had a goal in mind of running a race or doing a CrossFit competition, um, you know, something like a low ferritin level can really um, step in your way. What's the fix for that? Depends uh, how low. Yeah, you can fix it through food or, or supplementation. So If you're super low, you need to bring in the big guns of yeah. a supplement. Yep. You guys give out an inner age figure. What's that mean? What is inner age? So inner age is the age that your body is on the inside versus what the number says on your driver's license. So it's your... Oh, I like that. You never heard that one before? No, that's good. Don't <laughs> yeah. <Dumbed> it down. <laughs> and we use five markers that um, we've determined are the most important from the markers that we test um, in terms of longevity. So glucose, uh, ALT, HSCRP, vitamin D, and um, testosterone. Okay. And all those those combined? Those combined will give you your inner age. 
I'm 31 and mine says that I'm 36. That is because I have quite high glucose. I'm right in thinking that that is one of the most heavily weighted. It is, yeah. Why is that the case? Um, Research on longevity, uh, correlating uh, glucose, consistently optimized glucose to better longevity. Okay. And 86% of Americans have high glucose. 82%, yeah. 82%. Yep. What's that due to? Like, why is that? Why is that the case? Is it high carb diet? I mean, how long have you? How long have you been in the states? Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks. There's a lot of um, a lot of big servings, a lot of sugary food. Yep. Sedentary lifestyle. I don't. Know, I, it it does it does surprise me because although since I've been here there are some large servings and some large people <laughs> as well. Um, although that's the case. There's more wellness out here than there is in the UK as well. But you've been in LA and Boston. Yes. So, so is that unrepresentative? LA and Boston are LA in particular is a very uh, wellness conscious place. Um, I was just in Nashville, Tennessee for the weekend. Very not a wellness uh, conscious place. So you get places like that that. Um, you know, it's a sign of of status to to go out to eat all the time, and and we have research that shows the more you go out to eat, the more likely you are to have elevated glucose. Is and, that really true? Yeah. And Is that one of the things that you guys asked? I can't remember whether or not yep. it was. Okay. How often do you eat out or, or get takeout? Okay. And and so, um, I mean that that. That's true in other places in the country too. Like if you eat out a lot, then maybe that's a good thing. Maybe You've got less control of your diet usually when you eat out, right? For sure, yeah. And and even if you order, um, if you're if you're intense or good, like I'm gonna get uh, a salmon with you know whatever, you're getting sugar in the mashed potatoes, and you're getting sugar in the sauce, and you're getting sauce, and the, all these different things that you have no control over. So some of our recommendations are around, you know, we've done blogs where we talk about like you're at a restaurant and and you can ask for your food however the hell you want it. It doesn't have to be what's on the menu. Um, but yeah, so so getting back to your question um, of why why do we think it's so elevated? Sedentary lifestyle. People are sitting from nine to five every day and they're exhausted by the time they go home. So they're not going to the gym. And they sleep or they don't sleep and they do it, they do it all over again the next day. And, and it's like a status symbol to, to be busy and, and being busy is glamorized. And so if you're busy all the time, you can't do the things that you need to do for yourself. And so you're putting other things in the priority and your health is the cost. The comment about being busy being seen as a, a sign of status was something that I was reading uh, by the guys that make the Six Minute Diary. They did a, a free PDF called The Golden Evening Routine. Yep. And they, they talk exactly about that, that um, modern society praises are uh, busyness. It's a rite of passage and a badge of honor. Right. Um, that people who are getting after it like yep. Gary Vaynerchuk all of the listeners at home will know my opinions about Gary Vaynerchuk um, I mean he's, he's going to die a lot earlier than the rest of us because you can't talk about hustle and grind and sleep three hours a night Gary like because it's biology right like, <laughs> you, because your body will 
break down. There, there are anomalies to that. It's the we, same. Uh, it's the set the genetic uh, code. If that's the same likelihood as you being hit by lightning, right? Apparently, to get that that genetic mutation, right? And and those people are all at the top because they have stuff going for them in their genetics, and and because we have an athlete that that just raced. Or just uh, broken uh, fastest known time uh, running south to north of Israel. Okay, so How it's long a thousand kilometers. It thousand took him ten plus days, and he slept three hours a night. Just got through it. Yeah, running sixty six miles a day, or, or hundred about a little over hundred k a day, and and he he does blood work through Inside Tracker, mm-hmm. and he just ran ten marathons in ten days, mm-hmm. like. Two, three weeks ago mm-hmm. and and his data is great and he doesn't sleep a lot and and I'm sure he would be better if he slept more yeah. but he is the exception to the rule that like you must get six hours of sleep or you must get seven hours of sleep he literally does everything and and he's able to to do his job he's able to be with his family he's able to do sponsor obligations things like that but but He's the like 0.00001% and there's almost nobody like him. But the people that are like him are all at the top and and they're all role models of people who are like, oh, I'm going to be just like this person. And and you can aspire to do some things that are similar. But like if it's not in your if it's not in your nature to like not need that, mm. which it is for the majority of us, mm. um, you're going to burn out and you're going to get injured and you're not going to enjoy what you're doing. I'm going to fall behind. Did a podcast recently with James Clear, the mm-hmm. guy that wrote Atomic Habits, and he was talking about how um, our genetics, they do not predetermine, but they do predispose. Right. And I think that that as a little uh, guiding uh, influence yeah. towards what people do in their lives. Right. Like if you struggle to put on muscle trying to become a powerlifter is probably a bad idea. Right. You might enjoy it, but you're not going to get You're not going to the become the best in the field. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I suppose that, um, you know, your guy, like if if he was, I don't know, uh, say a long-distance truck driver, it's probably wasted in that industry, like where you're on <laughs> right. a ticket timer and you've got to be off the clock right. for 10 hours or 8 hours or whatever it might be. Like this guy doesn't need it. Like right. he's the guy that can go. Right. So he's found himself an industry right. within which he can find that. So... Moving forward, what do you see the future of this industry looking like? Have you guys got any new markers in the pipeline that you want to use? And then on top of that, what do you think um, in terms of technology and, and stuff like that? Is there anything that the, the super nerds have told you about that's kind of coming up? Well, we're looking, um, not marker-wise, but we're looking to add more mindfulness recommendations to the platform as well. Um, so for something like cortisol to implement um, yoga if you told us that you weren't doing that kind of Mm -hmm. um, exercise now. So things like that we're looking to add. How would that manifest in, would that be cortisol again, realistically in the blood work? Okay. Yeah, so so it's not only looking at specific lifestyle interventions that we hadn't either considered or we hadn't done a lot of research on, but also more inputs as we were talking about before. And so physiological monitoring, uh, microbiome, things like that that uh, are more new compared to uh, blood analysis and then getting like 
talk about super nerd. We can go super nerd on this. Let's go super Imagine nerd. you get a, a notification from your phone that knows your blood work, it knows your calendar, it knows the weather, um, and it knows, let's say your your vitamin D is low or your, your cortisol is high and you have back-to-back-to-back-to-back meetings, but hey, you've got this block of 15 minutes at 2 o'clock and it's sunny out. Go take a walk. You get a ping. Hey, it's it's uh, it's sunny out, and you have this this little you know stretch of time that's mm-hmm. that's available. Take advantage of it. So it, it's knowing that would be so sick, wouldn't it? Yeah, super nerdy stuff. But but people so cool. people would dig that. Uh, some people would dig that. So it's it's stuff like that. Um, our CEO jokes. I don't know if it's a joke though about spitting on your iPhone and yep. and getting data mm-hmm. and getting immediate uh, recommendations. That's probably a long way away, um, but it's not outside their own possibility. Um, I think there's been talk I've been hearing uh, on some podcasts recently about uh, future technology to do with like nanotech, where you can have these receptors that would just be placed in your blood. Yeah. And they'll just be flowing around you all the time, giving like, I think it's a... Is it James Bond? In fact, I'm certain it's, I'm certain it's James Bond, <laughs> where they like shoot something in his arm, yeah. and then they're like his his heart rate's elevated, and it's because he's having sex with someone. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there's something for everyone, but um, <laughs> the, the, no meaning. Like you can yeah. go, you can go as advanced as as that, yeah. or you can you can you know peel back a few few less layers, you know, and and look at it through your iPhone or you know something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do get that. I think um, talking about the the sort of the cultures and stuff like that, something that I've definitely noticed is a difference between the UK and the US is that busyness culture. Yeah, like the US actually seems to be a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I think that the UK, um, and I'll be interested to hear if the listeners agree. I think that the UK does. Uh, I don't know what they're busy doing because they're not getting they're not getting after it. There's not this kind of entrepreneurship yep. um, thing below the lines that there appears to be in the US. So you've but, spent time in two very busy places. Yes. So you're getting like the the unrepresentative sample. Yeah, but it's it's true everywhere, and and there are so many books and podcasts about like more, 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 more. You must do more, and and. That leads to burnout. Now we're getting books and podcasts going the other way that mm-hmm. says, you know, you need to, you know, you have your rest day for for training. You need a rest day for for life. Your or, mind, yeah, exactly. And and so we're getting to a point where, like, I have I have an Instagram account with a couple of friends called Rest Day Brags, and <laughs> and it, one of them is an Olympian, and the other is uh, a professional trail runner and obstacle course racer. So like yep. they have some pedigree behind mm-hmm. success and they both run themselves into the ground by trying to do everything. The one that went to the Olympics oh, 10 years ago now is still just now getting out of that hole that she put herself in. Really? And so we're, we're glamorizing like sat on my couch for the afternoon. Yep. Like the only intervals I did today were couch to fridge and like yep. stuff like that, that, that we're getting messages from people that are like, oh my God, I thought I was the only person that, that you know, s- struggles with, with taking time off or yes. sleeping in or like we now have people bragging like, got eight hours of sleep. <laughs> That's such a good rhetoric to be pushing. I've never, yeah. I've never heard of anyone who does that, but you, you are totally right. It's just not 
it's not glamorized. It's associated with being lazy, laziness and complacency and not making the most of minutes. Right. But if it's part of the plan, I'm sure that Ben Bergeron, even with his making the most of minutes um, strategy, I'm sure that some of those minutes are rest. I mean, every Friday yeah. is, is a rest day for his athletes, right? Through comp train. I don't know if, if, if everyone has the same rest yeah. day, but there's definitely both in rest. A lot of rest days yeah. in there. Perfect example. Despite the fact that United Airlines broke my uh, my phone holder, which is why I've got some slightly odd camera angles <laughs> today, um, I noticed that as you go through their uh, in-flight entertainment, they have a Headspace app huh. in there now that helps you fall asleep on planes. Yeah. Oh, wow. that's cool. I mean, Andy Puddycomb is getting absolutely everywhere he's partnered with nike it's partnered with the united airlines um but you know the fact that meditation has been adopted by an airplane yeah literally available on the screen <laughs> you know you think like what am i going to do i'll watch another harry potter movie right. or avengers or something like no, no 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 i'll meditate based on this and it's curated wow. for being on a plane and that was like that did was, you, that was did you do amazing. it uh, no, no. It, you watched Harry Potter. No, it's, too, it's, not cool. it's not cool. It's not cool. It's got to be glamorized first. It's got to be. I know exactly. No one would have known because I'm not, uh, I wasn't on Instagram at the time taking a selfie of it. Um, so I think that as we continue to move forward and as technology like Woot Bands and like Inside Tracker and stuff continue to move forward, that hopefully more people will be able to understand what's going on inside of their bodies. But one of the things that I do worry about is that paralysis by analysis thing that you were talking about, that people become so bogged down in the data right. that they don't really get anywhere. Um, is the is the onus on the people to fix that or is it on the platform to make sure that it's giving them the right, the right output? Because obviously if people are just drowning in data, like what do they do with it? I think the thing that we try to do is... Um out of all of these things that we can recommend for you, we try to have you choose, you know, between three and seven of these recommendations that we give you that you can actually use, you know, every day or every week. So if you narrow those recommendations down to only three or only five, then you're not going to be bogged down with having to change so many things of, about your life. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can continue to live, continue to train, to recover. And if you make these important changes, then it will move the needle for you. So for us, I think that's, you know, an important part of, of what we do. Incremental changes, right? What do you guys see? So to, to begin to round up, what do you see as um, an impact on your athlete's performance? Have you got any stats like that? Obviously, I'm going to guess they won't be putting their 5K times in versus all of their other things. But do you see any... Um, so it's it's hard to get that on the individual athletes. We've looked at some of the data around pro teams we've worked with um, related to injuries. Uh, so games lost. Look at the San Jose Sharks. They've they've had a lot of success with that. Um, tra- improving travel, improving around travel. So again, San Jose Sharks uh, had the year that we did this um, – analysis they had the best uh, away record in the league meaning they were able to manage travel the best based on the data that they were collecting around when do we change uh, practices and and how do we improve you know how do I make this skate optional and this skate required 
and get the players to buy in that they should sleep in on this day and they should they should show up on this day. So so we looked at some data around that. Um, I'm not sure we have much else uh, at the organizational level or at the team level. Oh, but injury is going to be such a big deal, yeah. right? Like so injuries are just a manifestation that something has been pushed so far, and that something might have just been formed. Right. It's not always going to manifest. Like someone's poor deadlift posture right. isn't necessarily going to show up in the blood work. Exactly. We had another. <laughs> we had an NBA team that um, that the Shut dietitian up. the dietitian <laughs> you have yeah, you have squat posterior chain <laughs> <laughs> squat shaming. Yeah. Um, so we had an NBA dietitian that that came to us and said, um, I think. I think paleo is a problem. And I think it's a problem for our athletes because they're tired and injured all the time. <laughs> and and something's a problem. And she was like she was like and I'm the dietitian and they're not listening to to my nutrition advice. So I need this blood work done. Who's, who's doing the paleo? The, the athletes the just athletes. think that they know better than yeah. the dietitian. Yes. So the the culture at some, in some of these organizations is they listen to the strength coach or they listen to the head trainer. They listen to some some guy that's been at, in the organization or in the sport for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. whereas the dietitians are credentialed. They went to school for nutrition and they that's their job. Mm. So she was able to get the blood work done and, and came back and she was like, I'm right. Check that out. Yeah. Now let's make some changes. And injuries went down and fatigue went, you know, improved. Mm-hmm. Um it's not to say inside tracker improved their injuries and fatigue, but yeah. the platform that we allowed them to use that we that we were able to have them use um, allowed them to show their athletes, look, this is a problem. Yeah. Your lipids are out of whack, your cortisol's through the roof, calories, blah blah blah, vitamin D. Um, here's hard data showing you what to do and and it's saying exactly what I'm saying. Now I'm gonna help you implement it. Um, and she did, and it worked. You're totally right about that. It, it comes back to the example that I said earlier on about the MRI. Yeah. Like, you until see I it. saw it in front of my eyes, and because everyone wants to take the path of least resistance, right? right? Mm-hmm. Everyone it's wants easy. to believe, oh, well, no, no, that's not, that's, me. That's not for yeah. me. No, no, that's everyone else. That's yeah. everyone else's I'm lipids. Good. That's, I'm everyone good. Else's, yeah. that's everyone else's oatmeal consumption. Yeah, I'm the 18%. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And um, when you think... When you think like that, you actually end up um, doing yourself a disservice because you believe that you're not culpable to the trends of the market. And you're like, no, 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 no. You are the like, trend. By its very fucking nature, it's more likely that you are than you right. are. It's like when people complain about traffic, right? Like, you are traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always complain about traffic. Like, why are you going to complain about something? Character. Oh, yeah, I'm like... <laughs> Going apeshit in my car. I love traffic. All of I these think it's other hilarious. people yeah. also in their cars. <laughs> these people are going to work today? <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's like, so anyway, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, that's not my problem. I'm just out for a, a Monday morning drive at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> Along with everybody else. Yeah, exactly. I, totally, I, I do totally get it. Um, I think if it's good enough for David Sinclair, it's good enough for me. And that was that was like the first thing that I saw um, when I was talking to him today. How much he is, uh, how much he's reliant on having something that comes out of the back end, right. because making the changes. It would be the same as it would be the same as doing everything that a CrossFitter does, or a strength athlete does, or a runner does, without actually doing strength, CrossFit, or running. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
you'd be like, right, well, I'm going to make sure I get enough sleep and I'm going to make sure I get enough this. I'm going to make sure I get enough that. But I'm not actually going to do the thing that tests all of the inputs. It's the output, right? And the output for most people is training, but also should be some form of blood work. Um, I think, you know, it doesn't surprise me that this is coming out of America and not from the UK. Uh, I know that you guys offer a service in the UK and that people in the UK that are listening can get their work done. Link will be in the show notes below, as always. But the USA generally, to me, leads... It kind of leads the UK mm-hmm. with this. We're lagging behind. Like People are still eating like mince pies. Beanless foods. Beanless foods. They're eating beanless <laughs> foods. Is like, but it, honestly, like, like you know, the wedges of oranges as a like halftime for rugby yeah. just is, is still a thing. Like, so... Some of my best memories of uh, third grade. Wedges of, of orange. In soccer, yeah. Yep, fair enough. Well, I mean, we've we've adopted you at least. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I genuinely do hope that this is going to make people think with more care about what they're doing. Because in the same way as the mechanism that makes uh, mobility work for a lot of people effective, um, foam rolling and, and passive stretching and massage therapy... Uh, Professor Quinn Hennock, uh, Doctor of Physical Therapy for Juggernaut Training Systems on episode 13, I want to say, said that the mechanism that those things are working on isn't what people think, but if it makes them think about their recovery, then it is enough. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of almost what we're talking about here, that maybe even the blood work... So for, for me, potentially, with all of the markers, I might not have known that these things were going to be out of whack, but it was probably pretty likely that I was going to have low free testosterone because I'm uh, overtraining. Probably like fairly common that the oatmeal and, and the beans, etc., etc. But because I wasn't thinking about it, right. it wasn't something that needed to. You don't know. You don't know. There we go. Well, guys, thank you very much for your time. I really Thanks appreciate coming. you coming on. Cool. Thank you for having me out here. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens if I do change up these my beans, if I change up my oatmeal, and I hope that the listeners at home as well will have started to realize how important it is to consider these sort of things in the same way as David Sinclair was talking about the fact that people believe that aging is just this process that we're along for the ride with. I think people believe that um, a degree of ignorance of what is happening inside of their body is also like, Oh, well, I'm just, I don't (laughs) know. I can't can't see what's in my blood. I can't see what the foods, how foods affect me and things like that. And I think that, um, Hopefully, as companies like yourselves uh, and individuals like David begin to make people think with more granularity and like a higher resolution about exactly what they're doing with their health. Mm-hmm. It's not just enough to be like, oh, well, like I, I'm making sure that I'm uh, taking the stairs to work. Right. It's like, okay, like, yep, yeah, fair enough. Like that might have been a thing 30 years ago right. when, or 50 years ago when doctors were still smoking. <laughs> like, and like, They still are. Well, they're not smoking at the, at the delivery table. True, true. I saw an advert not long ago that said um, it was for camel cigarettes. And the statistic was more doctors smoke camels than any of the cigarette. And it was a doctor at like at surgery, like smoking. Oh, that's wow. Yeah, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, if you are interested in getting your blood work done, a link will be in the show notes below to the Inside Tracker website. I will also probably be discussing um, exactly what we went through on one of the catch-up episodes coming up soon as well but for now thank you very much for your time it's been awesome thanks chris thank you